Hello, welcome to the Property Tax Academy. This is Pat O'Connor, your host, and my goal is to make you an expert on everything you need to know to minimize your property taxes. The goal is not to sell you anything, but the goal is to provide you the information you need to use the insider secrets to reduce your property taxes year after year after year. I've been doing this for 30 years, and our company typically handles over 200,000 appeals per year. We reduce our clients' property taxes by over 100 million per year. We reduce their property's taxable value by over 40 billion, that's 40 billion with a B, annually. So we know property taxes and we have a lot of experience doing it. And the goal here is to provide you the information so you can do it yourself, including homestead exemptions, and property tax appeals and know what you need to know to make sure you're not paying more than your fair share of property taxes. Let's start with why property taxes exist. Property taxes exist currently primarily to fund local government such as cities, schools, counties, and special districts that include community colleges, hospital districts, and rural fire departments. Property taxes are one of three primary sources that fund local government. The other two, depending on location, 
are a retail sales tax and an income tax. There are other revenue sources, but the main three are the property tax, the retail sales tax, and the income tax. Why is the property tax, which may be the most despised tax in the history of mankind, why is it so popular with the tax entities? Well, real property can't be moved. You can't take your property and move out of state. If you don't like the government, you can move out of state and take your income to another state with you. But the property can't be moved, and the property tax base tends to be quite stable. It doesn't change much from year to year. And in locations where there is new construction and the population is growing, in fact, property taxes steadily increase year after year after year, and it's a robust source of revenue for local governments. Property taxes are, however, relatively regressive. They affect the people who have more modest incomes more than those who have very high incomes. The most progressive tax is an income tax. The, and the retail sales tax is the most regressive. Property tax is in the middle and it's very popular historically with city, county, and state governments. Who pays property taxes? Well, the people who pay property taxes are primarily homeowners and owners of commercial property. There are other cases where owners of business personal property pay, and in some states, owners of personal property such as cars and boats and airplanes used for personal reasons are also taxed on that property. But for the most part, property taxes are based on the values of homes and commercial property. How can you reduce your property taxes? There are two primary ways to reduce your property taxes. The first is exemptions. And what we'll discuss in this episode is the homestead exemption and the over 65 exemption. The second option to reduce your property taxes is property tax appeals. And we will go through some of the basics of property tax appeals during this episode. We will cover property tax appeals in much more detail in future episodes. And we will have special guests who are property tax experts to provide information on various topics such as unequal appraisal, market value, business enterprise value, and much more. So the two primary options to reduce your property taxes, number one, make sure you have all the exemptions you should have. And for a house, is it going to be your homestead exemption or over 65? And then secondly, you can appeal your property taxes. And you may ask, well, why would I want to appeal my property taxes? Well, think of it this way. If the IRS sent you a computer-generated guesstimate of your federal income taxes for the year, would you just pay it without looking at it? Would you want some explanation of how they calculated it, what the assumptions are, and what the process was? I'd certainly want to know. And most property owners, however, do not look at their property tax assessments that are sent by the government. 
the property tax assessed notices are computer-generated guesstimates based on faulty property data and inaccurate cost models. But amazingly, only about 3 to 5% of property owners appeal on an annual basis. The vast majority of property owners just pay whatever the government suggests. Why do that? If it was the IRS, there's no way they would do that. But with local appraisal districts or tax assessors, about 95 to 97% of property owners just pay it without asking for an explanation or challenging it. And that's so incredible since the property descriptions are often inaccurate and the methodology used to estimate property tax values is the cost approach, the least reliable valuation method. It's just amazing that more people don't protest. And you might be able to tell I can get sort of worked up about this. Now, I'm passionate about getting more people to protest their property taxes. So next time you get a property tax assessment, I'm hoping you'll think about, well, if this was from the IRS, would I just pay it without protesting? I hope you don't. So let's cover some of the basics of the property tax appeal process. We're going to talk about the three elements of the tax appeal process, the levels of appeal, the rules of property tax protest, the players in the property tax protest process, how often you can appeal, how often properties are revalued, the cost to appeal, and can your value go up during the property tax appeal process. So let's start off with the three elements that you would want to look at as part of a property tax appeal. These are, number one, the property description that the appraisal district or the tax assessor has. Two is market value evidence, and for your house, this will be primarily comparable sales. And third, unequal appraisal assessment comps. So first of all, think about the challenge that a tax assessor has if they have a hundred thousand or a million tax parcels in a county and they have a staff of 20 or a hundred people to keep track of all that property. As an example, in the state of Texas, there are 2,000 tax appraisers to keep track of the information for 20 million properties. Think about it. 2,000 people in the state of Texas keep track and try to have accurate information on 20 million properties. What do you think the chance is that they succeed? That they have accurate information on 20 million properties? You know as well as I do that it's impossible. There's no way that 2,000 people could accurately tabulate and track the information regarding 20 million properties. It's impossible. So the first step is to look at the property description and see if the appraisal district is overstating the amount of your improvements or if they're overstating the quality of your property. And this includes looking at both the improvements and also the land characteristics, which we will cover in much more detail in future episodes. The second element is market value. And for your home, this will primarily be looking at home sales or comparable sales in your neighborhood. And the third element is unequal appraisal. And unequal appraisal allows you to reduce your property taxes even if the value is below market value. Let me repeat that. 
unequal appraisal allows you to reduce your property tax value even if it's below market value. So let's say, for example, you have a home that's really worth $300,000 and it's assessed for $250,000. Well, most people would think, well, why would I protest? You know, I'm, I'm already below market value. Well, let's say you're at $100 a foot for your property, but most of the properties in the neighborhood are at $60 to $80 a foot. So even though you're below market value at $250,000, you're overtaxed based on unequal appraisal. So these are the three basic categories, the property description, market value evidence or comparable sales, and unequal appraisal that are addressed during the appeal process. The next section we're going to address on the appeal process is the levels of the appeals. They generally are the informal hearing, the formal hearing, sometimes known as the appraisal review board or the board of equalization, and a judicial appeal or a lawsuit in district court. The first is often referred to as an informal hearing, and it typically is the property owner meeting with an appraiser from the appraisal district or the tax assessor's office. This, as it states, is often a very informal process. You go in, you bring information about defects in your property, about comparable sales, about unequal appraisal evidence, about errors in their property description. You discuss it with the assessor. Most of the time, they're going to offer you a reduction. About 70% of property tax appeals at the informal level are successful. So, in most states, you have a chance two out of three, if you will just suit up and show up, of getting a reduction at the informal hearing. It doesn't take much work. And we're going to go through the process to allow you to suit up and show up and get a tax reduction on your own. So the next level of the process is called the formal hearing. And this is a misnomer because it's really not very formal in most places. The people at the hearing will include the property owner, a representative of the tax assessor, a property appraiser, and typically three members of the public who are serving, often for compensation, to adjudicate property tax appeals. They listen to the evidence and they make a decision. Now, since they are paid by the appraisal district or the tax assessor, you can guess who they tend to favor. It's not fair, but it's just the way it is. But some boards are quite reasonable and others are not so much. But it's often worth going to the appraisal review board or board of equalization if you don't get a satisfactory resolution at the informal hearing. And the third level is not applicable for most homeowners, but it's a judicial appeal or sometimes binding arbitration, and a judicial appeal is a lawsuit in district court in many cases. In some states, there are property tax courts, and the process is a little different. Some states have four levels of appeal, but for the most part, most homeowners are going to resolve the process as best they can at the informal hearing, where your chances are two out of three of winning or at the Board of Equalization or Appraisal Review Board. So those are the three levels, informal, formal, and judicial appeal. Who sets the rules? 
generally speaking, there are state laws or statutes that govern how the process works in the state. They define the protest deadline or how it is set by the appraisal districts. They define when the appraisal districts need to send notices of value. They define the protest deadline. They define how the protest appeal process works. So if you have specific questions about how the appeal process works in your location, just Google the name of your county and property tax assessor and most appraisal districts will have an explanation of the property tax appeal process and the steps in the process and the rules that apply. In some cases, they have a nice manual for property owners that give a step-by-step -step breakout of the appeal process. And the rules do vary state by state, county by county, and sometimes city by city. In some states, for example, Texas and Utah and New Mexico, the rules are pretty consistent from county to county and they are set out by the state statutes. However, there are locations where you have both the county and the school district and sometimes the city separately assessing property. That is the case in New York State. You often have three different assessments, the city, the county, and the school district. And in New York State, you also have different rules that apply in New York City and then for the rest of the state. So the rules vary depending on the state, county, and so forth. The next issue we'll address regarding property tax appeals are the people involved in the process. For the most part, it's the tax assessor and the appraisal review board and the property owner. So the property assessor sets the initial value and then if it's challenged by an appeal, they will defend it. And in some cases, when an error is pointed out, they will agree and correct the error. The second group is the appraisal review board of the Board of Equalization, and they hear appeals which are not resolved at the informal level. And the third level is the property owner. That's you, and we need you to get involved and get in the fight. Because if you file a property tax appeal, your chances are two out of three. I mean, that's better than Las Vegas. It doesn't cost you anything. And if you file an appeal, your chances are two out of three of winning at the informal process often saving you hundreds of dollars or even thousands of dollars for a couple hours of your time. So if you are not appealing your property taxes, this is a request that you consider to do so. So these are the people involved in the tax appeal process, you, the property owner, the tax assessor, and the Board of Equalization or the Appraisal Review Board. The next question we're going to address is how often are properties revalued, and this varies state by state. There are some states, not that many, for example, Washington State and Texas revalue annually. Most states revalue every two or three years, and there are some, for example, North Carolina and South Carolina that revalue every seven years. So depending on your state, and sometimes depending on the county, for example, in Connecticut, there are options for an annual revaluation, but 
it's decided on a county by county basis. So property tax revaluations occur periodically depending on the state and the specific counties. The next topic is when you can appeal. Are you limited to appealing just in the years when they revalue your property? No, you can appeal any year. You can appeal every year. Now, if you're in North Carolina and they revalue the property once every seven years, after the second or third year, you've probably done about as much good as you're going to do. It's going to be difficult to get the fourth bite at the apple and be successful. But if you're in a state like Texas or Washington, where they revalue your property every year, it makes absolute sense to protest your property taxes every year. I mean, think about it. They have a handful of people, sometimes a hundred or a couple hundred people, valuing hundreds of thousands or a million properties. How can they possibly get it right? I mean, they don't even have accurate information to describe the properties. So if they don't have accurate information to describe the properties, how can they accurately value them? They can't. So if you're in a state that revalues annually or every other year, I would strongly suggest that you consider appealing every year. If you're in a state that revalues every three years, it may still be worth appealing every single year to make sure there are no errors and that you are not overtaxed. But certainly, I would appeal every other year at the minimum if you're in a state that reassesses every three years, and certainly in the years where they revalue. So if you can possibly save hundreds or thousands of dollars just by filing an appeal and showing up at the local assessor's office and having a little chat with the property appraiser, how much does this cost? I mean, if there's something that you can do so well with for so little work, there must be a catch, right? You know, you've got to pay or there's a fee or something. Nope. There is no fee to file a property tax protest in virtually every state. There are a couple of exceptions. Massachusetts and Hawaii are examples of states that have a fee to file a property tax protest, but they are the exceptions. Most states have no cost to file a property tax appeal. You file a property tax appeal by the deadline, and then you go to the informal hearing, and wham, two years out of three, you're successful, and you walk away with hundreds or thousands of dollars. That is quite a deal. No cost, but you have two-thirds chance of a payoff in the hundreds or thousands of dollars. And the last topic is homestead exemptions. If you own your primary residence, you qualify for a homestead exemption in every single state in the United States. A homestead exemption is your first step in minimizing your property taxes. If you're over 65, most states have additional benefits for owners of homesteads that are over 65 years old. There are many more homestead exemption topics, and we will address these in a future podcast. We will also have special guests in upcoming episodes. So, Please like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss upcoming episodes. Comments and suggestions for episodes and topics are welcome and appreciated. Thanks for listening and please like and subscribe to the podcast.